You're listening to the Health Binge Podcast, and an awful lot has happened this week in the world of football. Adam. I I was I was waiting. Usually I jump in with the with the hello, but I was waiting for you to come out with this again. Honestly, after last week when we had such a good up to date conversation only for it to be ha- only for it to be stripped from the tits underneath us by the time the episode went out. I stopped giving a shit. Lots of people pulling out of the Super League. And yeah, what a what an embarrassing non-event. Yeah, and the brass neck on the Madrid coach. Um, He's kind of saying that, the, that all the teams will have to pay now like Is a he? shitload of money to break the contract. Yeah. Fuck's sake. And Sky Sports are really doubling down then on looking for punitive measures. See, that's interesting because... I mean, Sky Sports aren't a, a football body. They're just a a distributor with a financial interest. Yeah, but you see, they would have lost hugely if this were to come to the fore. This would have potentially had done a lot of damage for them. Yeah, it, it in... would have, but it seems a real dick move for Sky to be, you know, like... <laughs> not not Rupert Murdoch, Sky. <laughs> they wouldn't be in a... They wouldn't have a dick move. Like, it reminds me of, like... If there is a fight in school and this fucking scrawny young lad is taking bets for what's going to happen, you know, at four o'clock after school. And then the two dudes patch it up uh, in the meantime and then he's getting fucked off because he's lost all his money on bets. Yeah, I mean, they're just they're the worst. I can't believe Sky is getting fuck off Sky. And Ryan Mason took over Mourinho's job till the end of the season. He's 29 years old. Oh, Jesus. Makes me feel old. That's like not even a poison chalice. That's just someone, you know, giving themselves a barrel of poison. Yeah, he used to play with Spurs and he fractured his skull. Uh, oh, that's going to that make for some mean headlines. That ended his career as a footballer. So he went into coaching and he was, I think, a a youth coach or something at Spurs. And they needed to fill the gap and they got him in. And he won his first match against Southampton and then had the final yesterday of the Carabao Cup where uh, Man City scored a goal in the 81st minute and put the whole thing to bed. Is it like 29 is very young? Very young, yeah. Why? He's the the only manager to have ever... He's the only un- manager under 30 to have ever managed a premiership team at into a premiership game. That's really a bit like, is this a, an intentionally daft move? No, I think it. Um, they just needed someone to come in and do the job. So they got him in as an interim manager. And I mean, I'd say he's cheap as chips uh-huh. because it's going to cost him a pretty penny to buy Mourinho out of his contract. Right, so when the period where Mourinho's contract was was going to end, this guy will be swiftly ejected like a fart in a spacesuit. Um, well, this lad will only last till the end of the season. They'll have to get in somebody then. Yeah, God, wouldn't so, you hate to be that lad? 
Well, he, I mean, it's a huge opportunity for him. I mean, it, it's, it was awful to come in and be facing into a final where you're complete underdogs. Yeah, but would you take an opportunity that you know is a poison chalice that you, like, you're going to fuck it up either way? It's career suicide taking that. And I know nothing about football. I don't think it's career suicide taking. I think he's now presenting himself as a potential manager. So if he does decide that he wants to push forward and become become a, a premiership manager or managers at a top level, he's kind of on the radar now. Mm. Whereas, whereas, you know, he was just a youth manager. So even regardless of what happens, I suppose... There is potential there for him to at least be viewed in that prism. Okay. So it's a big it's a big opportunity and he it's kind of a good one in that he is a Spurs like he Alumnus. Ca- ca- yeah, he came up through the, the ranks at Spurs from underage to playing with them to now managing them, which is it's just a sort of it's nice that they kept it in house like that. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it, so Stephen, if this is becoming a football podcast, give it a new name. Quick, you've got thirty seconds. New name for football podcast. The soccer show with Stephen. Okay. One ball. <laughs> uh, so speaking of, no, I was about to make it a horribly gross segue there. Instead, I want to talk about sex, baby. You always want to talk about sex. Get your mind out of the gutter and talk about football. No, I want to talk about sex education in schools. Have you heard about this? I believe it's pronounced sexy education, but okay. Sexy education. Did you hear about the new proposed, well not proposed, the new sex education program uh, announced today? No. No, it's so Irish, it can't even function. There's a new sex education plan for primary schools introduced called Flourish. Now this was put together by the Irish Bishops Conference so you can only imagine how well it's go- it's being accepted by the public. Why, why is it being put, put in by the Bishops What? What? Yeah, well, because uh, essentially this is a programme that schools can opt into if they want and they don't have to opt in if they don't okay want. so it's just a, it's just a proposal like here we've designed this if you want to what it is it's it's a relationships and sexual education program uh built for basically yeah sexual education for for kids in primary school which would be junior infants uh, for people outside of Ireland that's like four or five years of age right up to sixth class which could be 11 years of age or up to 15 if you're an absolute dumb cunt and uh, maybe you edit that one out and it's called uh, yeah, that's staying it <laughs> and it's called might even make it into a fucking Instagram post <laughs> uh, it's called Flourish and basically why is it made by the Irish Bishop Conference because 90% of all national schools in Ireland are Catholic primary schools which are, are run or, or have interests in Catholicism in general and there is some worrying shit in this in this proposed programme they've put out I keep saying proposed it's not proposed it's developed and it's being given to schools and you can 
probably, you know, uh, estimate that some schools are going to be using this because of whatever obligation they have, whether they're Christian Brothers or uh, presentation schools. Some of the shit in it is weird. It describes sex and puberty as a gift from God. Right. So you can kind of get the slant of where this is going. It right. will teach students that we are perfectly designed by God to procreate with him. To start out with, why is this a problem? Obviously, like, like I've just said, 90% of all public national schools in Ireland are are Catholic in some way. So there, we're going to be seeing some version of what's in these documents in schools and one of the weird things that's coming into it is the effect it's gonna have for the view of the family unit and lgbt issues there's this quote in it that the short version is essentially when talking about the you know the shaping of a relationship or the shaping of uh, a partnership it says in relation to marriage between a man no, sorry, let me go back about that. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's a part in the document that's where the program states that children should not be made to feel any form of otherness by what is taught in the class. But the, tur- but the church's teaching in relation to marriage between a man and a woman cannot be omitted. I call it straight marriage. Yeah. So children, the longer version of that is children in senior classes in primary school will be aware of the existence of LGBT uh, uh, lifestyles but some may question uh, they will be aware of the existence of LGBT lifestyles and some may question their own identity but this program must not promote shame rather seek to affirm that every human being is made in the image and likeness of God and is loved by God as they are the same moral obligation to respect and treat our bodies blah 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 however the church's teaching in relation to marriage between a man and a woman cannot be omitted it also wants to teach that sexual love belongs within a committed relationship but then goes on to define committed as marriage as a sacred uh, a sacrament of commitment which essentially it's pushing this agenda of a a relationship is only between a man and a woman and any uh, acts sexual acts or reproduction or whatever is is not valid unless it's between a man or a woman in terms of and this is the one that really fucks me over uh, in terms of safety and protection the advice for children under this program is to say the angel of god prayer in 2021 i i don't know can they not just fucking learn about it by someone bringing in a nudie playing card in school and showing each other is that the way you learned <laughs> Get a good idea. Get a get a bit of a synopsis. I I don't know. I I I think especially when they're bringing people into schools, like this is that would probably still have to fall under their curriculum. And if schools opt to go with this program, which again ninety percent of them are are probably quite likely to do because because they're you know state run church. I schools. I'd imagine though. I'd imagine though by the time it gets to teachers and. You know they might work within within the parameters, but I'd imagine a lot of the uh, you know the the pinch of salt will be added. I I really hope so because this is such a like teachers you know teachers know you know know the machinations of all this. 
they're not going to just blindly I don't know I mean shit man like if especially in kind of the younger classes if these questions come up and someone's just handed a guidebook to say here say this to avoid awkward or distasteful conversation and they just say hey yeah pray you know <laughs> pray the baby away I, I don't know I, I see a lot of people I don't know I think teachers will have discretion but I, I think a lot of them are going to have to toe the company line essentially and because they're church run schools yeah I, I, I don't know I take it all with a pinch of salt I think I think by by the time it gets handed down it'll be just kind of like I'm, I'm expect because you can't be you know the thing is sex education sexy education excuse me education. is it's it is far more kind of biology and stuff than anything I'd imagine. Not if it's not on the curriculum, you know? Especially since, like, kids in primary cycle don't really have a science curriculum. That's not till second level. Yeah, but I'd imagine it's, you know, it's not, it is not just biology, but, like, I remember uh, when we were in primary school, a nun coming in telling us about i remember she came in and we weren't allowed to call it sex so we had to call it sexual intercourse oh no and it was kind of like that's a weird i remember like even at the time i kind of think to myself like this is embarrassing for us all why confuse matters i i I just think it's daft that even a nun was sent in yeah you know, it's like having a fucking, you know, having a blind person coming in to teach you about looking in front of you. Like, a nun's never had sex. What do you teach me about sex for, nun? I'd like to apologise on behalf of Health Binge to all blind. visually impaired people for Adam's insensitive comment. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that in 2021, there's a... a cloud over the head of of public schools that this sort of bullshit is being passed down to them especially because with that stat of 90% of schools of public schools in Ireland are run by a church organisation like that that sucks because families especially families of lower means don't have a way to not have their their, their kids confronted with this shit yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. See, this is it. I just, there's a part of me that doesn't believe that, that the teachers won't just adapt this as they see appropriate. Mm. You know, especially since it's a guideline, it's not a, I mean, first time they open up the book and they have the resources or whatever given to them, they might be like, all oh, right, well, you, and then, but I'd imagine, I'd imagine they'd, they'd open it up a little bit better than, than just pulpit talk. How would you do it? Oh, um, penis first. That's, that's my... How would you, if, if you were in, a teacher in a primary school class, we'll say like fourth to sixth class, so we're talking about like nine to 11, and a kid asks you, Tell me about how babies are made. What? Give, give me what you'll say to him. <laughs> Go ask your mother. 
But what if he says his mother was killed in a car crash? <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I don't know, I just saw this today and it fucked me off because it's such a, such a ridiculous thing for us to be talking about in, in, in 2021 that there's so few options for pe- for people to have their, you know, not have this fucking dogmatic shit thrown down their neck and to say, yeah, pray the fucking sexual urges away by saying the angel of God prayer. Yeah, it's it's not it's not even it's just aside from everything else, it's not a good look. No, it's it's embarrassing. Like I think that's the point. Just nationally, it's embarrassing. This is you know the fucking Conor McGregor of you know school sexual education programs. Did I just hear a segue? It it can be. <laughs> Go on, so. No, actually, th- that was just a. I, I define anything bad as the Conor McGregor of something. But, yeah, I I sent you a message over the weekend and you didn't believe me that it was true. No, I believed you that the Mail, Daily Mail published it. But I didn't believe that it, it was all that it seemed because the Daily Mail are lying scumbags. Uh, well, I okay, so for, for listeners, I sent Steve an article over the weekend that said Conor McGregor buys... Dublin pub for two million euros and immediately bans old man who he assaulted from the pub. Now this was, uh, I maybe we probably talked about this uh, a while back. I think like maybe two years ago, Conor McGregor assaulted an old man in a Dublin pub because the old man refused to drink Conor McGregor's whiskey. So he, he hit him and maybe there was some court proceedings but eventually Conor McGregor bought the pub it happened in and banned the guy from the pub. Now, I think if I was this man who was assaulted by Conor McGregor, I probably wouldn't go into the pub anyway. You would imagine he wouldn't. And you would imagine as well... Like, the way I imagine this actually happened was Conor McGregor bought the pub. And the rest of us was tagged on through a person close to the source says type journalism maybe maybe because it's do you doubt it's the kind of thing he would say you see like i'd imagine you know i'd imagine if somebody asked him he he that was his friend he'd probably be like yeah doing that but i doubt he cares that much about this old lad i just can't imagine he does really you punched him in the you, face for not wanting to drink his whiskey. Yeah, but I'd imagine that was because he was off his gee on narcotics or something. <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> or maybe he had that fighting whiskey. Oh, fighting whiskey. I haven't thought about that in a while. That actually aged quite well. Um, the sketch we did a couple of years ago called Fighting Whiskey on YouTube. It it holds up quite good. But yeah, no, I I, I just found it such a unusual news story that he would you know the fact that there was even no backlash from that article being printed it's just weird he's a he's a he's a strange dude and a terrible representation for our country speaking of terrible representations for our country and this could be a segue we're not doing well with the old vaccinations no no they they don't give vaccinations to many people that is the long and short of it. 1.3 million doses 
we reached, I think, today or, or over the weekend. And do you know what the biggest dose of them all is? Jim O'Darty. Simon Harris. Go on. See, he put was doing TikToks with fucking Leo Varadkar. No. Oh, cringe bastard. Go on, what did he do? I know I haven't seen the TikTok. I just saw this this, this much and uh, the outpouring of hate for him. <laughs> oh, what a horrible man. He, yeah, I mean, that's the problem with becoming a minister quite young. It, it's, it's like being that football manager at 29. You, you really run the risk of souring the whole fucking cabbage patch. That's not the phrase. But yeah, you really risk the the just ruining yourself for the rest of your career. Well, he's been around for a good while now. He's like he must be around for over a decade, is he? I don't know, but not at a ministerial level. I think he almost he almost went in straight to a ministerial level. Oh well, then that's my ignorance on show there. I got over my face. Yeah, like, I mean, I, obviously I, he didn't go in day one, but very quickly after getting in, he he became a minister. He wasn't waiting around for very long. Bradker, too, was quite young when he got in. But yes. But a bit older than Harris. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I, I think so many reputations, maybe rightfully so, have been ruined by this. Because... Like one point three million doses so far is is fucking tragic, and especially since there's not one point three million people fully vaccinated. In that data is second round vaccination, so it's it's obviously obfuscating what the actual rate is there, uh, and it it's 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 incredible. I don't know even when I'll get vaccinated. Why is it so slow and shit? Because we can't arrange a fucking piss up in a brewery and we've got Diageo yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe they should have just let Diageo take it on someone <laughs> someone said uh, we, no I can't say that on air um, who would you have given it to if you if you were given responsibility for vaccination out is there a, a body you trust? Well, my logic with with Diageo is they've got a great network. Hmm. And, like, they have their quality team in place. And they've got a marketing network to tell all the nut jobs to just get it done. You know, they'd make it look delicious or something. That is the kind of logic that wins government contracts. I cannot believe that you think... A DSGO quality assurance team is going to check out <laughs> vaccinations. Well, they have everything in place. So. Imagine some taste tester up in fucking James's gate. I mean, they, you know, they make sure the pipes for the Guinness are all clean. Okay. So, I mean, I'm there's sure, going to be a lot of I'm sure they wouldn't want to, I'm sure they wouldn't be suggesting to use dirty syringes. Oh. Uh, that's okay. I'd <laughs> Think about it, Ed. Think about it. It's logical. <laughs> oh, I just... Do you know when you're going to get vaccinated? No. Is it frustrating you? 
No, I don't really like. I don't rightly care about my own vaccination as much as. Like, I, I mean, all along the thing was. It's like this affects, this will kill elderly people. Mm. So, and the problem is. If too many people get it, intensive care units closes up because there's too many people and it becomes it overloads the health system but if you've the old people done and for the rest of us it's sort of not as big a deal i don't think um well i don't know i mean there are you know long-lasting effects of covid that oh like i'm not saying i want to get covid but worry about and especially now this new um indian strain which has a far higher rate uh, a death rate amongst you know younger adults yeah i mean i think the data was like it's 180 percent higher death rate but 180 has to be reflected in the low death rate anyway and i think the death rate was low but i mean you know two is 200 percent of of fucking you know no i want you to keep talking (laughs) i know because i'm sure i'm terrible at maths but like 180 percent increase doesn't necessarily mean it's a massive number because that's reflected of the of the original number anyway. But any sort of increased death rate for people our age. So is... how many people do you think that might be, Adam? I've... This is going to be the worst episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> how many people died of COVID? Like it's uh, no, no. Frank, I... put a number on it, Adam. Get away from the internet. Put a number on it. I don't know them all personally. How many COVID... Uh, this is like cheating. That's 18 to 45. Jesus, we're coming up in 5,000 COVID deaths here in total. It's a lot of death. Yeah. Either way, there's something to worry about with this new Indian strain coming in for people our age. It's going to have a higher death rate. And that essentially... It worries me. You know, it's fact that you can fucking go without contracting for so long and then like this this new strain, whatever you're told, comes along. It It's just I'm constantly getting wearier and wearier and all that will cure weariness at the end of the day is, is vaccination. That will really, really help people just mentally get over all this bullshit. I don't know. Maybe if you've got a, had a few tins, get out in the sun. Grand. I don't know, like, I absolutely agree with you that the main priority needs to be getting the older people vaccinated so that we can save the ones most at risk. But that doesn't negate the personal risk people still feel every time they leave the house or every time they have to fucking see it on the news. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tired of being fed up with it, though. Mm. I sort of, I just want out and points and well, we've times been, we've been able to move around a bit more now in the last two weeks how have you been taking advantage of that um by throwing house parties <laughs> in your sleeve did you see them in the beach above in salt hill no oh there was like i'm no good with numbers now but a million of them i'd say <laughs> uh dancing on the beach was it students uh probably not great especially with how fucking embarrassed Galway was 
with all the sparching uh, last year. Yeah. Well, they look to be having a great time anyway, if that's any consolation. It, does it... Do you have a big sense of FOMO now watching all the Brits getting their big outdoor things and watching some music festivals return in in Australia and places like that? Not really. I am looking forward, though, to being able to go places. I mean, the good week weather this weekend just was so refreshing. Mm. I really made use of it. I had a great time. Did you get back to your exercise? I did, and I'm kind of caught now because I've skinned... My runners have taken skin off my toe, and it's quite sore. And it'll need to recover so i might have to give it a couple of days but i have been exercising and i've been getting out and went playing a bit of football today great with a team or just kicking up against a wall no just kicking with a friend very nice and it was it was nice yeah uh we played uh up to five so we'd take five shots each and we did it twice and i won both times you did penalties it wasn't penalties because we just said it, you had to take the shot from behind a certain point. So, but that's still... It's you like don't pe- even move for that. There's no running around. Well, you're taking shots. And you have to get the ball. Mm, dubious about this exercise. What other exercise have you done since your big tear in the arse out of it holiday week where you had no intention I, of, of exercise? I climbed Town Tinner. Did you? Oh, yeah. we talked about that already. Did, no, well, I climbed it like I, I climbed it two days ago, okay. and uh, came down the long way as well. It was lovely in the good weather, so I did that. Been doing a bit of running. Great. Um, I was looking on the Dunlow. That's the club Rich plays with in Donegal. Donegal, yeah looking on the page and there's him awarding pizza to people and I was like they're getting pizza from him that's a very specific phrase now Stephen awarding pizza oh yeah he was awarding pizza why was he awarding pizza I don't know it's like you're after winning something here have a pizza right there was an English (laughs) there was an English like I don't know the first division or something match and the man at the match was awarded a hot pizza <laughs> so oh. there he was after coming off the pitch and like they present him a hot pizza and he's kind of there like like i have to eat this now because it's warm or i don't know just off the pitch. it was a, such a badly thought out idea i saw a picture over the weekend that reminded me of a thing that happened there was some gaa team that won i guess like an inter-county final or some kind of local uh, uh, cup and there's a picture of their after party and who's holding the fucking cup only Harry Potter himself then, yeah those were the Dublin Miners that's You're, brilliant yeah he went out partying with them and uh, years later he sent them a letter with 20 quid because he forgot to pay the tax for his ta- share of the taxi <laughs> no way uh, yeah, he's he's. I like him. I think he's he's good. He's a he seems a good skin with a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, he does. He's he comes across very well. 
And I, th- I, that that was all I, fun kind of thing. Yeah, like he, I think he, I think he has a good sense of fun. Like I think it was when he was in Equus, he wore the same outfit every day coming out of the the backstage of the theater, so that any photographs would be absolutely worthless to paparazzi because they'd all look like they were taken on the same day. Well, that's quite funny and well thought out. He's brilliant. There's also there's a great story of when he was in the Cripple of English Man, a great Martin McDonough play, with Pat Short, uh, and they were I think they were in in London or maybe they transferred over to Broadway to do it, and the two of them just ended up seemingly at just some street party on a bridge getting pissed together. Yeah, like he's uh, he just seems like a great dude. He does. Especially with that movie, uh, have you seen Swiss Army Man? No, not personally. Where he just plays a corpse. No. Uh, the whole movie, I mean, he doesn't speak, he doesn't do anything. He's just a corpse that Paul Dano finds on a beach. And at the very end of the movie, manages to turn into a jet ski through the power of flatulence. It's fucking brilliant. That like sounds you, bizarre. You, you don't, it's actually a pretty kind of... Uh, pretty interesting kind of arty movie. I like it, and Paul Dano's pretty good. But you you don't take a role like that without, you know, taking yourself with a pinch of salt. And I like I like Harry Potter. He's good. Yeah. Well, we leave it at that. So and. Yeah, I um, think we've offended enough people. You're an awful person, Adam. Good luck. Goodbye. Have a great week. <laughs>